Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the Thunderstock Show. Today's guest is Dustin Yost. Dustin grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, with a tough upbringing, battled a lot of demons, became overweight, had several afflictions, and he realized early on that there was a way out and he could do better. So this episode here is an exploration and a conversation of how Dustin figured out he could do better with his life. I hope you enjoy. If you do, share it with a friend. Reach out to me if you want to be on the show. And most importantly, enjoy. Welcome to the Thunderstock Show. My goal is simple. Discuss topics that matter to your life, liberty, and pursuit of property. My hope is that these brainstorms provide you the utmost value. One of, one of the things that we were just discussing is how <laughs> you establish a morning routine and you're now 35 and life looks a lot different than it did at 25. So, Absolutely. so can you, you want to dive in like what, what that morning routine is and kind of why you chose it and how it's serving you? Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, I've, I heard the quote, you know, you win the morning, you win the day. And uh, I mean, just expanding on that, I think it, I think it's just setting, setting your intentions for the day. Um, and, you know, uh, I would say, say now just getting up uh, and getting myself um, ready for the day and the, the discipline of it, I think, is, is the overall thing that, I, that I, I'm really striving for in that. And getting up at 4 o'clock every day and, and making sure that I, I, I get my reading in, I get my stretching in, um, get myself ready for, the, <clears throat> for, ready for my work day. And, and really anything that, that is going to be there's going to be unforeseen for, throughout that day. Um, and I, I think just getting my mindset um, ready and primed for that day um, um, just starts at 4 a.m. for me. And uh, every, every day? Every, well, no. So, so Monday through Friday, I'm up at 4 mm-hmm. every day. Saturday, I'll, I'll get up at 5. And then, okay, you sleep in. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> so Sunday, I'm up at 6. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, but I, I'm always, I, I find that the morning is, is just... I think it sets my intention for the day. It sets my purpose for the day for myself. And I think I, I, I derive a, a great deal of, of meaning in getting up um, and being disciplined um, and not sleeping in and not wasting away, um, you know, just, I think, vital hours of a day and making sure that, that uh, my time is put towards something that um, is... is it's going to be worth it, and, and in doing so, it has to be. You know, discipline is what I is what I use, and that's you know, getting up that early. So, <clears throat> so I want to I want to ask you, how did you get into this realization, or what moment in your life were you just kind of like, hey, there's more to life, I have more to offer than what I'm currently doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, well, we, we answered that question specifically, I think off, off, um, podcast. And, uh, I mean, so I, I would say it, it happened for me, uh, I mean, to be very specific, 2018, I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan and I had Jordan Pearson on. And basically, um, I was listening and I felt as though I was being spoken to, um, just someone said, you know, you are, you are far more greater than, than what you think. And, you know, that had... I don't think I knew it in time, um, or I don't think I felt it in time, but I think that hit me in a way that um, 
I started making slow changes. Um, I started going, I, I not started going back to school. I started going to school for, for a, a degree. Um, I just started putting new habits in place in my life that were going to help benefit me in the long term rather than the short term. And I think at that moment and, and previous, I was basically living hour to hour. I wasn't thinking about the next day. I wasn't thinking about the next week. I wasn't thinking about who I was, what I wanted to be, where I wanted to go, or anything like that. I wasn't answering any questions. I was just living with answering, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should be I'm saying you shouldn't, but I think you need to ask yourself, what do you have to do? And what do you mm-hmm. need to do? Not just what you want to do. Because mm-hmm. um, if we just do what we want to do, when you're become a slave like, to desire, exactly, yeah. and, and that's exactly where I was prior to, to really to that day is I, I was never I was really never doing what I needed to or mm-hmm. what I had to do. I was always doing what I wanted. <clears throat> One of the quotes I like: There's a I would call him a modern day philosopher, but he's sort of in the business uh, mindset influence space. His name's Alex Hermosi. Started a company called Gym Launch. If you're familiar with him, I just started listening to him. Oh, because, good because of you. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad I could do something <laughs> mm-hmm. positive. And Alex Ramosi has this quote that goes, it's a disgrace to your uh, life to say that I will do my best. I will instead use the framework of I will do what is required. Mm. And I think in order to identify to do what is required, if you have no goal, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if you have no destination, whatever you do will get you there. Yeah. So you have to kind of set a sail and have a goal or have an idea of what you want to do in order to yeah. map out your actions. Jordan Peterson talks about this. He uses the word the ideal. Mm-hmm. What is your ideal? Like right. what? What do you? What is like? What, what do you hold up here that you find is is something that will be something to aspire to? Right. And um, how are you going to get there? And how are you going to set up your day, your week, and your month, and, and whatnot, in order to achieve this ideal? And that's exactly what what you're it's just different. Different word. I have adopted, and I, I need to do a better job of fitting it into my schedule. But there's a daily habit tracker that I have adopted. It kind of gamifies your actions, mm-hmm. and it gives you six categories. And I've sort of chosen, you know, real estate as a career, uh, my fractional CMO business, my family, my fin- my personal finances, my fitness, and maybe like spirituality or something else. Yeah, as like the categories that I, I want to have habits that I track that. Well, if I know if I do these things repeatedly, daily, weekly, monthly, I'll progress. And it gamifies that. So you say like experience points mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on how close to 100% complete your daily tasks say, are. So you complete one thing, it moves you, and you toward, level, toward you, that. You know, yeah. kind of level up through mm-hmm. each year and you can kind of like progress. And it, it's a cool way to gamify your behavior. And yeah. I think an Aristotle quote that is pertinent to this thought is uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Habit, habit. Uh, I'm sorry. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. Right. Yeah. So without stuttering, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. That's that's and that's exactly what I believe. Uh, I I saw from from one of his um, one of his videos he put out. Was it Alex Hermosi? Mm-hmm. He he basically said that if you want to change anything, if you're looking to do something, it's all about the habits. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what habits are holding you back? It's just, and that's what. My whole thing is with like uh, New Year's resolutions. It's like I don't think – I think we're, we all plan on do, having these resolutions without actually focusing on why we can't achieve the resolution. Right. <laughs> it's like what's holding us from this resolution? Because really, I, I mean 
we could have gotten to these whatever these these resolutions you said way before that. It's just your habits have you know have kept you from them. It's, but it's now you yeah. you've somehow used like January arbitrary January first time of the calendar yeah. to change behavior. And so it's it's it is it's it's all about what are your habits doing? How are your habits best serving you or not? With that. <clears throat> So I would ask, you know, other than, you know, waking up and doing your reading and stretching, what – we talked off air. You work out every day? Um, I do something every day um, I, I would say that has – that you could fit underneath the wellness or fitness mm-hmm. umbrella. Um, now, I am not like – so I've over the past year have um, really gotten into a, a gentleman by the name of Peter Atia who talks about longevity. And mm-hmm. longevity – is focusing more on your cardiovascular system, more of your on your resistance training, um, and just really not just like going into a gym, smashing weights, and then just it's coming out. It's focusing more. So I'm I'm focusing more on like my stretching. I'm focusing on on just my my respiratory system, my cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm focusing on my strength too. So I'm trying to really just touch on every area instead of just one area. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm normally doing something every day of the week. But it's always going to be different. Some are less intensive. Some are more high intensive. <clears throat> Interesting. So how is that different then? Because right now you've been in fitness for how long would you say fitness has been a cornerstone of your daily habits or your, your goals, your ideal? Uh, I would say I would say I've been in, fit, I've been in a gym for 15 years, 16 mm-hmm. years. But I would say really uh, as far as like as a – as a, as something that I'm really trying to be aspiring, like to aspire to be better towards, or being a better person by going into the gym, I would say probably ten years. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, and you started with bodybuilding, correct? Yeah, I mean, I started getting into the gym. I, I lost a, a crap ton of weight, um, and then you know, I just just slowly progressing, just figuring out the gym, figuring out what I'm, you know, what I can do, just getting better, just you know, just. Figuring out the space of, of the gym and just mm-hmm. um, just growing from that. And then, yeah, I would say like three or four years in, I started to just uh, – I started just looking at other people and saying, oh, what are they doing? What are, what are okay. they doing? What are they doing? Yeah, yeah. And, and just so – yeah, then I slowly started getting into my, – my body was starting to morph into something different because I was taking better care of it. And so I started just getting interested in the aesthetic side of it. So bodybuilding mm-hmm. started to take, yeah. take form. Yeah. And now you're a CrossFit coach. Now I'm a CrossFit coach. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? And how how did you go down that path? Um, I would say I got tired of the monotony of, of bodybuilding. I would say is the one of the the main reason why um, I liked it, um, but I wanted something different mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, I was you know probably ten years in at that. Like I said, ten years in at that point. And um, I was wanted something different, and I happened to turn on ESPN one day, and uh, there was just people lifting these weights in and weird way that I've never seen before, and uh, doing a bunch. I was like, "What the heck is this?" Really? And it's CrossFit, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, "All right, well, I mean, I've never heard of a CrossFit gym, and here there was like six around me in, in Lancaster County. I was like, how? Like, it's just how much small world it is, obviously. Yeah, or, or just how." Like, uh, uh, just when you're tuned into something, yeah, how clueless I am over just what's around me, I, yeah. I, I would say. And, uh, 
so yeah, so I, I started just doing, just Googling like CrossFit gyms around me. And then I, 2013, I uh, started going to my first CrossFit gym. And then uh, that's then I met my wife actually at CrossFit gym in oh, 2014. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, that happened. And then, yeah, so that took off from there. 2013 would be the first year. That's really cool. That I did not know that story. It's awesome. Yeah. Huh. Well, <laughs> any, anyone that's single that wants to make a change in their life, join a CrossFit gym. There you go. There you have it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you're single and you want to meet someone, that's the biggest – that's the best part about CrossFit is community. And, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you go there to pick up. Right, right. right. I'm not saying that. But, but I mean – It yeah. doesn't hurt. No, it's better than a bar. It's yeah. better than a bar. I would say that. So Going to the barbell is better than going to the uh, <laughs> dumb bar. Dumb bar. Or the yeah. wet bar. The wet bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, as far as people that are influencing you today to to make that change, because you know I, I do remember running into you at BA Athletics and CrossFit. I did CrossFit for a time in 2016, and I remember I was doing CrossFit in a way that I was getting more injured doing that than cage fighting. Mm. And you know we've we've each I'm sure shared our our battle scars through the fitness journey. From sometimes they had to learn the lesson the hard way. Right. What are some sort of uh, injury lessons that you've learned that have got you towards this uh, longevity mind shift? Like, how did you get to that point? Um, geez, I, I would say, uh, oh man, um, I, I would say, what took me there mostly? I would say there's two things, my family. And, um, so that put a different purpose in my life. It took mm. me something greater than myself. Um, and my ego, um, I had to temper down my ego and, um, what, what, why was I going to a gym? Um, is it, is it really to better myself or was it just to see numbers go up and to look good? Oh, okay. right. And yeah. so, so I think those two things happened simultaneously. I had to, I had to realize that my purpose of going to the gym was not for those existential things. It was, you know, it was for better health, and that it was also for um, my family. I, I want to be here. I, I mean, this quote again. Uh, Pierre said, "I want to be the the most raddest, kick-ass, eighty-five-year-old dad in the world." And I said, "So do I." I mean, I want to be. I mean, I want to yeah. be eighty-five. I mean, my grandfather to this day is, I mean, 83, 84, and he still plays in two softball leagues. What he still lifts. Four days a week. I mean, and, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, I want to be an, a, a, a kick-ass eighty-five-year-old, eighty-five-year-old dad. And so, how am I going to do so that? So you have a grandfather that you're kind of like that, like helps to shape the ideal. Yeah, I mean, I would say way. yeah, like in terms of like uh, in terms of what he's doing, in, in terms of like how he's. And the, the crazy thing is, like, I think a lot of it is genetics too. Like, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't indulge in like a lot of bad foods and stuff like that yeah. but like yeah yeah he takes care of himself for the most part yeah um and so yeah i i want to be i would love to be playing softball in two leagues and and working out four days a week at 83 yeah 85. and so i all that what does that translate to i think it translates to being able to still roll around with my grandkids like i want to be able to you know i don't want to be you know and the dad that has to wave over to the you know, from the couch because they can't get up properly. Mm. You know, they, or they need they need assisted help in any in any way they go. I want to be able to still roll around. So how's that going to help me? Well, it's taking care of myself. Longevity. Longevity. And and it's so funny because it's not like it's like oh, I had an expert opinion based off an injury that so I should change this. It's like your intrinsic motivation towards obtaining an ideal future is what made you change 
your training. And a lot of people, I mean myself included, that kind of grew up in sports and athletics find ego death incredibly difficult. Like, mm. oh, I can't separate myself from being a, a college wrestler. And like I learned that, you know, <laughs> I kind of extended my co- – speaking personally, um, I extended my college wrestling career doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and cage fighting. And I just got an – according to the doctor prognosis – I just got an ACL surgery while I was training for another cage grappling fight. And I'm kind of like, huge wake-up call for me was, mm-hmm. I'm a dad now, and I have to like walk around with a baby. And if I'm limping, I can't use a leg. That's doing a disservice to my yeah. family. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I just had this, I mean, I, I just had this thought uh, the other day, like, man, what, what's some like things I want to like do this year that would be you know, just something different? And I thought about going skydiving. And then I was like, wow, I cannot go skydiving right now. It's like, I got... Two kids, the family. It's like that sounds that sounds completely unrealistic right now for right. for myself. And like it was a more individualistic thought. It's like I was just mm. thinking about what I want to do and what's what's not. Or, or for like the thrill, right? The thrill. Yeah. So like it's not like it's going to make your ideal better. Not at all. It's going to be in that yeah. moment. I'll feel this rush, this, some sort of exhilaration. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. It was completely. Yeah. It was. It was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thought of it. it just was like a completely unrealistic thought about us. I love I love your framework of talking about what do you want to be like when you're 85. There's a there's one that I've repeated myself since about 2016. I really started just diving into you know what would happen if I changed what every day looked like and made it totally different. And that was I want to live a life that would make my eight year old self proud of me mm. and my 85 year old self live without regret. Right. So it's like the grandfather father <laughs> paradox, like. Right. I'm right now. We're now in between who we were as children, who we will be at the end of our life. So, how do we live now that makes them proud and also like maximize like pride and minimize like guilt or regret? Right. And that's sort of how I navigate. It's really easy for me now that I'm a dad because I have like a daughter and like I also have like a grandmother who I very much did. So, it's like from a different from a, <laughs> a, a gendered perspective, like as a guy, you know, I'm more rough and tumble. More willing to take like, like risk. Risk, yeah. But like, as leading, you know, as trying to make a grandmother proud or a daughter like proud to have that person as his dad, I like it even changes my actions more so, makes mm-hmm. it more domestic, maybe domesticated, if you will. No, I think, but I, grounded. Yeah, I think that's moral. I think that's a hundred percent on, and I, I've actually felt that um, having a daughter has taught me. Uh, just a lot because it's a completely different, completely different completely, than a boy. Completely different than a boy, and it's because well, I am a, I am a guy, yeah. right? So like I'm, I'm pretty in tune with what I, I'm just I'm a guy. So I, I you don't you necessarily explain something to me yeah. when it comes to a guy, but like girls, like I need to take a step back constantly, think okay, this is completely different. than <laughs> How me. is she? Yeah, how what's going this? on with her and what's going on with me here? And I need to completely interpret this differently and so i, I think i i've I, yeah i've absolutely loved it um uh, and, and what you just said then too about that so so you have two girls two girls and they're what age three and one three and one yeah so what are some what are some things that you've learned now that you have three years of father experience from the first that gets translated to the second like what are some of the dad lessons you have hmm dad lessons um you know no, I never actually took a step back and thought about that question. Um, Putting you on the spot. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that the first one went by 
the second one has gone by a lot quicker than the first one. Oh, um, God. So, and I think that's just because the chaos of having two kids now, it, it's just, it's a different dynamic. Um, you're no longer having all the attention on, on one. You have to have, you have split up time. So I would just say it's more trying to be present as, as much as possible. And you're really allowing your time and your mind not to wander from anything but being there with them and making sure that they can actually visibly see you being present with them. I, I would say that's the biggest thing it's taught me. So it's not one specific thing I would say. It's just it's a more of a broad brush thing there. Mm-hmm. It's just that um, I the realization of how valuable time is has increased exponentially on me since the second one. And that's not okay. to say anything about um, the first one, but it's it's just it's just different. There's just you know more of your time is is taken. Like you know you have no kids, you have all the time in the world. You have one, you have more time, sometimes taken away. You have two, even more time. So it's just like mm. you really have to just become more disciplined, more disciplined. And strict with your time. Exactly. Yeah. And in order to get all the things done. Exactly. And well, and also you have to. I think. I think taking away some things as well that you might have used to do. Like I. I've come to this conclusion that I rarely will do anything that will not be equal to or greater than the time I'm going to have with my girls or my family, right? Like, so if you want to take my time away, then it better be more than, it better be better than what the girl's time is going to be because I value that so much. Um, and I think that might be a hard line to draw, um, you know, and, and I'm fine. And, you know, and so that, that's just me personally, but I, 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 I do find, uh, that that's, that's what I ask myself. Like when somebody sets up something or they want to do something, you know, if it's like a birthday or if it's a holiday, you know, those things are different. But like, if somebody's just saying, Hey, let's go out for a couple let's, beers on let's Saturday go watch night, the game. right? Like, I'm just like, you know, I just, is that going to get me to where I want to be? Is that, that mm. what's valuable to me? And to me, it's very rare any longer where I'm just want to sit around and just consume, a, a, like you said, a game or I don't know. Like I, I want the, I want my time to be spent doing something that's going to be meaningful, other than just right there in that moment. I mm-hmm. want it to be meaningful towards something. And so that's I, I, kind of like the my my general look is that if you're not if you're not providing me equal to a better time than my daughters will provide, then I, I most likely am just going to say, I, I appreciate you. and I'm sorry. That's just not what, uh, not what I want to do right now. So it's, not, it's also like, now I'm not going to say like, Oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to do it. Like, I'm not like disrespectful. Yeah, like but it's not like, it's, you, just, it's not like you don't value time spent that right, way. Yeah. It's just like, th- there's something now that takes a, a higher degree of value. It, there's something that you value more. Right. Right. And, and that, and, that's kind of a, a really huge, it, it, it makes me go to this that people, a lot of people don't want to have children because they're afraid of giving up their individuality, their freedom. Right, yeah. And like I remember there was a time where I was like, oh man, I can't imagine having kids. Now I can't imagine not having kids. No, I, yeah. That's, that's exactly – and that's – yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. I mean it, it just – yeah, you're um, – Having something greater than yourself, I mean, is is uh, teaches you so much. And I mean, well, I mean that that's the ultimate definition of, of being unselfish is when you care for someone more than yourself. 
And so, so yeah, I can't, I can't picture myself not being a dad now anymore. I, <laughs> there was a, a quote that I distinctly remember, and I don't remember who it was from, but it was like, until you are motivated to plant seeds of trees of whose shade you will not rest in, like until you can do that, then yep. you don't really know what the purpose or the hap- of real happiness is. And like it's like doing for something for somebody but not expecting something back. So it's like you're you're playing these seeds for somebody else and you're going to benefit nothing of that shade. Like I <clears throat> want to be a father not because I expect selfishly, oh yeah, when I'm 85, I'm going to let myself go and my daughter's going to wait on me hand and foot. Yeah. That's not what I'm trying to say. Right. I want to be a father so that when I'm 85 years old, I can play with my great or mm-hmm. great great grandchildren. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Not to yeah. receive anything from my children like mm-hmm. they owe me, but to continue to water the tree and have it continue to grow. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. You on. know, that because the, the tree is a freaking analogy. It's not like yeah. an actual plant. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'm not hating on any horticulturists over there. <laughs> but I just value humans more than plants. Sure. Sure. You know? For sure. And, and again, not to talk shit on people that say, I'm a dog dad. I'm like, well, you're a dog owner. <laughs> yeah. You have a pet. Yeah. Which I love dogs. Um, I have a dog. And, I yeah, and I and and so it's not to hurt anybody's feelings, but I was the same way before I had kids too. It, yep. you just don't know until you have kids, and it's, it's and so, um, so yeah, I I, I complete. So I'm not like I yeah. hate no any. I love dogs. Or dog dad. I have a cat or dog mom or anything like that. It's just uh, it's not the same thing. So would you say that you know personal development, the mindset work that you do? The work that you do that's above and beyond for what you get paid for is started or was, – was it started when you became a father or did it just become more intense and more important when you became a father? Um, I think it became more intense when I became a father, um, you know, that, that day that that, uh, that that Amelia was born. Um, I, I mean before that I had – I just – I don't know that like I, I think we had talked about this before, but I don't think there was a one particular acute conscious moment where I was like, okay, I now need to do this. But I just think that there was something like there's these powers that be, if you will. I, I don't, but that were just like, there's something greater than yourself right now that's mm-hmm. coming down the pike and you need to start preparing yourself in every possible way that you can. Yeah. And so I think that I was preparing myself before that and I was doing it. Um, like I, like I said, just disciplining myself more. Uh, I mean, I was starting to go to school more and just valuing what I wanted to be in the future more. I was just trying to set up and my, I was focusing a lot more on my mindset and, and what I just becoming my best possible version for, like I said, what was coming down, um, was coming down the pipe, which, which was, you know, the responsibility of a kid, which is the ultimate responsibility you're going to have in life, um, caring for another human being. So... Now, what does this year look like now that we're at the beginning, we're in January? What goals and aspirations do you have for this year to help you reach more towards the ideal? So uh, first and foremost, always starts off with family, my wife and my kids. Um, how can I possibly be the best father and husband or father and, and my husband and father I can possibly be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and what does, well, I guess, what does that look like? Um, I think it continuously looks like... Um, Working on my my self development in in the way that best suits my family, not okay. not not self development in the sense of like more suits like, just Dustin. just just Dustin, yeah. 
It's like, how is myself? And that's not, and when I say all this, you know, it's not to mean that you, you dismiss your, what, you know, some personal wants or, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Not, but, you know, I think people have Prioritization. This, right. People have this misnomer that when you have a family, like yourself goes away. No, it doesn't. But you also have to recognize what sacrifice is. And sacrifice is a little bit sacrificing a little bit of yourself mm-hmm. for what's greater. And what's greater is is these two girls and, and, and my wife. So, you know, it's just different. Um, I, I almost think that one way to look at love is to measure love is to see what you're willing to give up in other respects for that. Oh, yeah, nice. Like, right, right? So like with investing, you know, people can say, oh, I'm giving up 3% of my paycheck to my 401k. But – with investing in your family, you're like, I'm giving up, you have 24 hours in a day, you know, seven days a week, I'm giving up, I'm not giving up, I'm investing yeah. these hours into this asset class, which is the love of my family, right. um, <laughs> because, or else I'd be spending it at the bar, or watching the game, or playing video games, or doing whatever, Yeah, you know, because everyone has the same amount of time, right? Right. So, when, <laughs> I'm going to go back to a, like a Hermosi framework of strategy is simply, Making a plan of finite resources in in spite of infinite possibilities. So your finite resources can be your time. It's most importantly, like sifting through. It's like I have this much time, yeah. and I'm, I'm this is the money we have, mm-hmm. and where is it going to go towards? Like, what's right. the plan to put that? Right. You know, that's how I, I that's how I look at investing and making a plan. Yep. And it's just like, okay, like, yeah, I think if you actually did like the math on like. Like where your investment goes toward like family and like you actually broke things down, like where your time's going. I think most people would realize that they could probably allocate a lot more time toward that. Like you actually like step back, broke it yeah. down, like, you know, like your days, like what it looks like and where your time's going, where your time's spent. And like, it's like, it's, you know, we, we get distracted by a lot of things. And it, you know, what tends to take a hit from that is the investment we make in our families. <clears throat> Yeah. So, and they suffer yeah. first. Yeah, and they suffer first. I, I think um, mm-hmm. you know we're both fans of David Goggins' work, mm-hmm. and one of the things I found super interesting about his story is how he just amplified his investment into life overall. Right. So he was aimless before he watched a Discovery Channel um, commercial in the middle of the night after a pest control uh, shift. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, all right. And then he just amplified it like 100x to his output of right. effort. And like people can do that. Yeah. That's not impossible to do because people have done it. And yeah, and like amplifying your effort doesn't mean you're David Goggins. It just means amplifying your own effort. Your own effort. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever, you know, whatever that amplification is. Might if, not if someone does zero workouts a week, go walk every day for 30 minutes. I yep. promise you if you're able-bodied, you can walk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So – Sure. And then, so after, yeah, to get back to that, your question. Uh, so after, I mean, uh, you know, family, um, I, I would say just personally, uh, per, some, a couple of personal goals I have is I want to do three triathlons this year. And I want to do, um, I purchased an ice bath. I'm going to do that twice a week to start off. Um, I'm going to take two classes for school. Um, oh, so you're continually going to school. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to school right now too, yeah. What? I do a class this semester. Yeah. So lifelong learner, literally. Well, yeah, and this goes back to allocating time properly. Like uh, I, I said to myself. Um, so you have a full time job, yeah, and you're a CrossFit coach, and you're in school mm-hmm. with a family. Mm-hmm. Okay, damn. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's, school's going to take a while, and that's perfectly fine for me um, because, you know, it's, it was like this. I can do four classes a semester, be nothing but in books, and that would sac- – but what's the sacrifice? My kids, a family, my wife. Yeah. That's the sacrifice. Though. Or I can take one class a semester that requires about seven hours of studying a week, not bad, hour a day, and I get more time spent with kids, my wife. And so it's like, what, what do I want to do? And well, that's, that's the sacrifice you make. So that's not sacrificing myself completely. It's sacrificing a little bit of myself, though. And, and you're still going to get your goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, it's going to take me a little longer. But yeah, I'll still get there. That's longevity, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that you're, you're not it's – it's the same concept of smashing the weights at the gym. and try, Like you're not trying to juggle 16 credit hours a semester and do it all and just burn yourself to the ground. Right, yeah. You're saying how can I, through all aspects of my life, increase the longevity towards the ideal? Right. If I had to summarize the mindset of today. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's badass, man. <clears throat> so yeah, that's and that's so. I think that's. I mean, that's and then other than that, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think there's more time for me anything else other than those those things. Um, it's just just developing. And I guess it's just other than that, just developing myself is, is you know to be better and constantly challenging myself. You know, each and every day. And then uh, I think just developing more relationships with other people that are uh, like minded is something that uh, okay I, I want to do more of. Yeah. Um, I just. You know, in my very limited time now of speaking with, with like-minded people, I just find myself so invigorated afterward. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, after I spoke with, with Matt that, that one day, like, I, I could have, I think we spoke for, like, 45 minutes, but, I, like, I was just, like, I could have went on for three hours talking. Like, it's just, I, I, I just was just so invigorated just talking about just, just the whole mindset of, of things. Just, like, you know, how, how can we best serve, you know, how can we best set up ourselves for a for the best future self, like our best possible future self. There's a book that I've heard of that he gave me and I would like to give to you. It's called The Go-Giver. Okay. Okay. And it, it's a really cool book. It doesn't have to be about just business, it's about anything. And, you know, Matt gave me this book and it's about how it's more rewarding to give than receive, which Christmas mm-hmm. as a father puts the cap on that one for sure. sure. Uh-huh. But the ultimate place that I want to be in my professional career is making relationships amongst people I know in my network with one another that can add value to themselves. Right. So like, I mean, I will take credit. I think I've made an Instagram thing. I was like, I saw Dustin, your stuff on Instagram and then Matt's stuff like back to back. I was like, do these guys know each other? Yeah. You introduced us. Because if they don't know each other, they Mm -hmm. freaking should. Yeah. And like that, that makes me happy that you had a great like interaction with him. Mm -hmm. And like, I had a friend from, grade school that you know randy and i went to school with and she went on and started a company in austin and it's doing really great and then a buddy of mine from high school wrestling you know went on started a few companies sold a few companies has a company in austin like they don't know each other i'm like oh you guys need to meet and i got a text the other day like hey thank you so much for the email introduction met this person and it's really great we might be working mm-hmm. together and i'm like that's what i want to do eventually right. the whole point of podcasting to me it's not to get millions of people and be the next Joe Rogan. I don't don't care. It's like maybe I can connect one cool person to another cool person. And I know we talked about this before and like like how can I do meaningful work that I can show to my child when she's old enough to understand English fully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is kind of the example that I'm trying to set for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, I mean, I think that's – I'm not – I don't necessarily think anyone's going to be the next. No one's going to be the next right. Joe Rogan. But 
that's how you get to a place he is, right? Because you care about doing something that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. And your intention isn't to become this. Your intention is to create a, a space where talking with like-minded people yeah. about great things, putting out great content. And, how, and, and if you do that, well, then that's how you grow. I mean, one of the things that was pretty powerful and moving to me, and not to make it about myself, but to, to, to illustrate that point is I just wrote like a eulogy for my mom on Facebook. And like there was a lot. There was like a lot of people that showed up. Mm-hmm. We were in line for two and a half, three hours greeting people to show up. And I'm like – and some people were just like, hey, thank you so much for that moving Facebook post. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, I post on social media. No one really sees. It doesn't really matter. But like I really feel like I contributed to the celebration of my mom's life by just putting out content. Not – I don't you don't do it for likes or for reactions oh, yeah. or for clout. Oh, yeah. That's the, I just do it to like – because I care. Right. Right? So the, the motivation of what we're talking about with self-development, it's not like I want – like nothing I do is to get a material gain. Like, oh, I want all this – like this status and accolade. Like for me, the status is pride in myself. Like I'm, do, I'm on a path. Mm-hmm. But it's really to do good work and have that be the reward. Right. Yep. Yeah, that is the reward. I you think. know? Yep. And, you're, and what are you studying in school? Psychology. OK. Interesting. Yeah. And that was motivated by Jordan Peterson? It was, and and uh, partly. I mean, partially. yeah, partially. I mean, uh, I my, I always had, I think we, we discussed it too. I, I've always been fascinated by the question of why we do what we do, and and why we think what we what we think, and, and you know, where does that come from, and um, you know, what are the the driving forces behind those things, and um, you know, I think that all I think that all fundamentally ties into trying to understand other people and not projecting yourself onto other people. So, and so that's ultimately where it comes from. And, you know, is why do people do what they do? Well, you, in order to know that, you have to try and understand the person and where they were when, when, and where they're at and why they did what they did. And you can't do that if you project your own, your own self onto that, onto that person's image or to that, what that person, whatever they did or, or anything like that. You have, to, <clears throat> you have to get behind their eyes. So, so, yeah, I think I think that was the bigger the the, the biggest reason why. Um, That's awesome. I think I've also think um, self development and and um, getting better also one of the biggest factors is the psychological aspect of that. Um, how healthy is your mind? Like, where are you at with that? Where are your thoughts at? You know, with mindset. Mindset is huge, and um, psychology is um, a big understanding of that. So that's another reason why I think too. I love that your answer was was that. I love that your answer was not, oh, I wanted to get a job in this field. Yeah. Like using it as a means <laughs> to an end, but an end in and of itself. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I mean I, that's, that's what education is for you. All right. And yeah, and that's what a lot of a lot, a lot of people look at me as if they're like, oh, so you're going to go get your doctorate then? As if like there's this line that they expect me to say – well, it, like, could they expect me to go and, and want, like, there's like a meet, like, there's an end. I, I haven't necessarily thought about the end yet. I, right. It's something that I'm just fascinated, I'm interested in. And I think that it's going to help me overall in the bigger picture. What that exactly is in this, for this degree, I'm not exactly sure yet. But um, I think that um, the net positive is, is just great. So, very cool. Well, Dustin. I'm sure I could keep talking about yeah. this with you, and we talk a lot off air. Um, I guess my final question would be: If there was one thing 
that you wanted to that that you could in, that you could invest into this um, podcast that someone else could take and help to appreciate their lives. <clears throat> that that really like a nugget of a golden nugget of wisdom that you're like, hey, knowing this, whether it's a quote or an experience or a lesson, dramatically increase the value of your life. Your life or your freedom, your sense of freedom or your sense of, you know, property of how you could obtain things. What would be like one of the most valuable insights that you could boil down for anyone that would be listening potentially? Um, I think it's, it's cliched, but cliches are there because they stand the test of time. Um, I think it's time. Um, and I think that um, – I think – if you don't realize that your time is limited on this earth, I think you devalue. I think you devalue it to a greater degree. Um, I think the more you realize that it all can end tomorrow, I think the more than you value your time here and with what's important. Um, and so, so I think time. I, I think recognizing that your time's limited and um, how are you going to make the most of it? I think you make the most of it by realizing that you don't have much. <clears throat> Damn. So All right, home run, knocked out of the park. <laughs> I, I have nothing to add to that because it is, it is, uh, it's hitting me in a place where it's like, well, well put, man. Well, yeah, and uh, so, <clears throat> where can people find you if they want to either learn CrossFit or just make a connection? How can people find you? Um, Social. Oh yeah, or, so yeah, I just have Instagram. Uh, I have Facebook. Uh, so I think it's just under Dustin Yost. I really don't. I'm not really on Facebook often, um, mm. but. But Instagram is just uh, dios1986, I believe is my handle. Cool. Yeah, I actually don't even look at my handle too often. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's just d dios1986. No no underscores, no hyphens or anything like that. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm pretty sure if you just put my name, in, you probably find it. That too. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that's it. I don't have Twitter or anything like that. Just just Instagram. There you go. Well, thank you so much for hey, your time. Thanks, man. I appreciate your you most valuable me. resource. I'm. I'm very appreciative and grateful we got to spend the morning podcasting and working out. And Likewise, man. I hope hopefully everyone listening, you guys can take something from this that will add value to your life, liberty, and pursuit of property and connect with Dustin. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, man. <clears throat>